Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. So there's a reason why I started Blood Origins. And that reason is simple. Is that I wanted to convey the truth about hunting. It brings awareness to to non-hunters that it's, it's more than just killing animals. How do I start it? Brittany. My name. My name. Is, <laughs> does my hair look okay? It's fantastic. My name is Mike Axelrod. Start again. Yeah, I hated it too. <laughs> Braxton, you said something in the car to me. You said that you were living on borrowed time. Hmm. There's a perception around who hunters are, what we're supposed to be, and a a feminist that works for a non-profit that is a hunter that has only eaten wild game for the last 20 years is likely not the thing that people think about when it comes to a hunter. All right. So there's obviously a lot of conversation today. Tomorrow, the last couple of uh, is the last couple of weeks. When did we drop Ronella's? Like 10 days 20, ago? No, no, the 22nd. Almost the 22nd. Almost four weeks ago. Okay. And social media seems to be like this hottest topic out there. Social media, what do we do with social media? How do we post on social media? It's almost the stuff that we preach, right? And um, our message that we typically say when we, we talk about social media is a very simple one. Does what you post help or hurt hunting? Right, Cody? Yeah, that absolutely. That's the that's the filter that we kind of uh ask folks to run their uh run their actions through. Not not that we have any right, you know. I mean it's like a it's like it's like advice from an old man when you met him the first time. You you don't know him, you don't have to do what the hell he says. It's just a thought. That's right. That's right. And technically we are two old men, according to Aaron Snyder. You're much older than me, so maybe I'm a younger version of you. Maybe. I oh guess. God, no! You're a you're a uh, old version of yourself. 
Well, um, we certainly have uh, brought on two individuals today that have been put or you know placed in the limelight of social media here in the last week or so. And that question certainly is something that um, is is one that you know maybe they've pondered, maybe they haven't. Um, we have Curtis and Austin from the Working Class Bow Hunter. Curtis, introduce yourself. Hey man, Kurt here. Thanks for having me on. It's fine. It's good to finally connect. Yeah, Kurt. You prefer Kurt or Curtis? Kurt's just easier. All right, Kurt. Sounds then, better with your accent, you know. Hey, everything sounds better with my accent. <laughs> I, I like the way that this podcast is starting, don't you, Cody? <laughs> yeah, that's just what we need to do is fluff your ego a little bit. <laughs> I figured I'd start off where you started asking the hot questions, you know what I mean? <laughs> and uh, Austin, Austin, introduce yourself. Hey guys, I'm Austin Chandler. Uh, one of, I guess you would call me a co-host on the Working Class Bow Hunter podcast. That's accurate. Uh, so Austin, you are the one who arrowed the buck, right? I am. Yep. Okay. Um, so why don't we just start there? Why don't you just give for those that don't know what we're about to talk about the. Um, why don't you just give us the download of the evening, what happened? And yeah. we'll just get through the whole story, and then we can dig in from there. How's that sound? Yeah, I'll just give a quick, uh, just a quick little ditty if I can. Um, the story on this buck started a year ago. Um, got pictures of this big deer last fall. Uh, my wife actually missed an opportunity at this deer and shot under him last fall. So went in, looked for his sheds this spring, could run into him. Uh, October, middle of October, I started getting pictures of this big deer and suspected it was him. And after a few pictures, I came to the realization that it was the deer. Um, How old is this deer, Orson? I'm guessing this is a six-year-old deer. Uh, we've got some pictures and some videos of him from last year, and he's a fully mature animal last year. So just a specimen of a whitetail. Um, I'll describe the deer a little bit. He's, he's an eight-point mainframe. He's got common threes on both sides. So, Kurt, what do you call them, non-symmetry points? Yeah, I- <laughs> It's kind of a debatable one. Like that one, his right side could be a non-symmetry point, but I, I guess after looking at him, common base would kind of be. Yeah, he has he has common threes that kind of kick out and make him look really cool from the front. They don't really follow the same shape as the other tines. Um, and he's got a big kicker, almost like an extra little beam starting with a big hole underneath on the left beam. And then he's got a drop, like a four or five inch drop on the right side, uh, 25 inch beans, Big, big mass. He carries his mass very well. Just a really cool old gnarly buck. Um, so when I started getting pictures of this deer, he was the one I was going to chase. You know, we, in Illinois, we can shoot two white tails legally. So after I tagged my first buck on November 4th, this was the deer I was holding out for. Mm-hmm. Public um, land, private land? Pr- private land, yep. Yeah. Uh, most of the deer, I've, I've been hunting big white tails for 25 years, and most of the big white tails that I kill are all off of this 160 or another 200 acre farm okay so austin that evening was it dark when you shot the deer no it wasn't dark um i'll back up a little bit i i'd waited on the deer i had i i'd had a period of when i he busted me he winded me early in the season actually the same day i shot my first buck and when he busted me, he didn't come back for 30 days. I waited 30 days on this deer. He finally, uh, set off a trail camera coming to a food plot. So I went back in the following evening and hunted him. And that's the evening that I, that I arrowed him. Um, 
it was about 4.30 in the evening. It gets dark about 5 o'clock, so had plenty of light for the shot. Um, he, he gave me a shot at 53 yards, which is it's within my wheelhouse, but it's getting back towards the, the further distance that I'd be comfortable shooting at. So I really took my time, tried to execute a good shot on him. Um, and when I shot, it was far enough away that I couldn't see the point of impact of the arrow. Okay. So that was kind of red flag number one for me. Um, he reacted good. You know, when he took off, he didn't walk up and stand. He just took off uh, like a bolt of lightning. And so I thought, okay, you know, a lot of these deer, big deer that I've hit in the past kind of reacted this same way. So that's good. And I watched him run about 70 yards and then he disappeared over a bluff. And then I lost him. I couldn't see him. So that's red flag number two, right? You don't see where your arrow hits and you don't see where the deer falls. Um, those are two strikes. And then when I walked up to find the arrow, the arrow wasn't what I wanted to see. Um, it had, what did the arrow have that, yeah, that the, indicated to you that it wasn't what you wanted? The front half of the arrow was real fatty. So, and it freaked me out too, because it was so cold that the blood had froze. So that in itself wasn't something that I was used to seeing. So the blood at first shot was kind of hazy looking. And then the arrow was fatty up front for about the first 15 inches of the arrow. Now the back of the arrow did have some blood on it. You know, it was, it had dried on there because it had froze, but I could tell there was some, some decent blood on the back of the arrow, but it just wasn't what I was expecting to see. So I was nervous, uh, talked it over with Kurt and our buddy Ross, that's a experienced big buck killer. And we decided the safest play was to let this deer set overnight and go back in in the morning and look for him. So let me ask this, Austin. Okay. Normally, and I, I'm not a I'm not a bow hunter like you. I am I I like to say I bow hunt. I'm not a bow hunter. In my experience, if he's shot, you're going to give the deer a couple of hours, maybe two, three, four hours, and then you're going to go back in. And you're going to blood trail him. It depends on several factors. Um, if you can't see where the arrow hits the deer, that's a big red flag. Um, and typically in this situation, I would have went back in to trail that deer in three or four hours, but I was very nervous with a deer of this caliber of bumping him. And mm -hmm. when I went in to go look for blood, it, within the first 10 yards, I was silhouetted on this ridge. Mm -hmm. And I thought if I hit this deer low or I hit him back, he's going to be bedded within a hundred or 150 yards. And he's going to be able to silhouette me up on this ridge. So I was very reluctant to go in that night, especially with a spotlight. I mean, with a spotlight, I'd have been visible to half the deer on the farm up on this ridge. So to me, it just didn't make sense to go in and make that aggressive play that night. Um, now, if I would have seen where the arrow hit, I'd have probably been in there within one to two hours. Well, not, not only that, to, to back Austin up on this is, you know, you called me and Ross. Ross is another co-host of Working Class. And uh, we, all three of us have shot a lot of deer. And dissecting it, you know, it's like with the, the fat was confusing to us. And I'm like, man, do you think it was a graze? Because a graze can show white hair, the fat, and then there still can be blood right away mm -hmm. on a graze being low or whatever it may be. Um, and then it was like, man, maybe it was a little back further. That's why the blood isn't what we want to see on the arrow. A, li a liver hit deer. I've heard of guys going in eight hours after a liver hit deer and bumping them and the deer gets up and, and runs, you know, and yeah. then you got to back out again. So we're, we're erring on the side of caution um, because 
in Illinois, it, you know, there's not a ton of public where we're at. And I think a lot of people overlooked when uh, we first talked about this whole situation in Illinois, if a deer runs to a neighboring property and gets on another piece, that landowner can say, no, you can't go get the deer and there's nothing we can do about it. In Iowa, you can go after the deer if you leave your bow or your firearm behind. So I think a lot of that risk of losing the deer altogether, no matter what, because you bumped them kind of gets lost uh, because a lot of every state has a different regulation when it comes Mm -hmm. to that. Mm-hmm. So that's always something to think about with us too. It's like, man, hopefully it doesn't get to the neighbors, hoping the neighbor will be cool about it and let you go. But if he's just not in the mood and doesn't want to let you go, it sucks, but there's nothing you can do about it. What was that? What was the air temp? That night it got down. I think it was 14 degrees. 12, it was 12 degrees. Yeah, I got, I think it was 12, 14 degrees, something like that, that morning when we went to go in and get the deer. So it was cold. Was that one of the things that made you say, okay, I'm going to leave it overnight again. Meat's not going to spoil. Well, be- it's always in the conversation. Yeah. I mean, we knew the meat would be good. I've, I've had to leave deer overnight before. Um, you never want to do that, but, um, yeah, we knew the meat would be good. And we also knew when it's that cold, it works on a white tail. If a white tail's wounded and on a warm day, it might take them 15, 20 hours to die. If it's cold, it might only take seven or eight. So the mm-hmm. odds were in our favor that if that deer was hit back or hit low or whatever, that he was probably going to expire that night if we didn't push him. So you went in the next morning. We went in the next morning. Uh, it was 16 hours later. I shot the deer at 4.30, and I think it was around 8.30 in the morning when we went back in. And uh, in the light, everything looked you know, a lot different. We trailed the deer up you know, 5 or 10 yards. You could start to see good blood. And like I said, you know, in hindsight – I wish I would have went back in and trailed the deer for 20 yards. I would have been able to see better blood and what the trail looked like, but I was just too nervous of getting silhouetted on that ridge. Um, I, I just wasn't willing to, I wasn't willing to risk that. So the next morning we went in in the daylight and within 30 yards, I could tell that the shot was, it was going to be good. That deer was not going to make it. And, uh, where I lost sight of the deer, like I said, it was about 70 or 80 yards away from the blind. When I looked down that ridge, I could see red uh, down the road. I could see where the deer had basically, he'd ran as hard as he could downhill for 50 of the 150 yards, and he had expired right in the middle of that road. So he didn't even try to take cover or bed or anything. I mean, it was pretty evident to me looking at the blood trail that it was a double lung hit on that deer. Is it, again, I, I'm trying to, I'm just trying to lay out the, the context for everyone here. Is, is it important? Is it normal that you don't just try and find? I know you were saying you were silhouetted, but just the next drop of blood to say, okay, I do have another piece of blood. To me, that's that would have been just like the thing to do. Well, uh, typically, I, like I, I said, I, typically it is. I'll cut in. Typically, it, you know, we're mid, very Midwestern based. A lot of deer get shot. Sure, sure. Um, I've done the same thing. You you get your arrow and then you back out of there. You know, the famous saying, you see it, and you, we've all heard it growing up, when in doubt, back out. It's the better thing to do. The chances of recovering your animal, animal are much higher. When in doubt, back out. Don't push the deer. Because what you do is you get a wounded deer that you're pushing and he's running and then it just it creates just mm-hmm. a mess of a whole process for you and for the animal. 
and for the whole situation in general. So yeah, yes, it is standard practice. I think um, if someone says they've never been in the situation where they thought about backing out their line or they haven't bow hunted long enough. And I would say that with confidence. And I wouldn't say it's a common practice, right? I mean, most well, of the time we can see where the arrow hits or we can see the deer fall or whatever. Right. Um, you know, I've been bow hunting for 25 years and in those 20, and that's for mature whitetails. I've been bow hunting for 25 years. I've only had to leave three deer overnight. So this isn't a typical situation. Well, I, you know, okay, I guess I didn't mean common practice and like it happens every if, time you shoot a deer. If but you're unsure of the shot, unsure, yes. you need to back out. Right. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I guided, I, I ran an outfitting business for a lot of years in Kansas um, and have killed 90, 94 whitetails with my bow. Um, and if you don't know where that shot impacted, you know, we, we can sit here and and argue the hours, right? Like, I mean, that's, that's just everyone's stupid, different stupid you know? shit hunters argue about. Right. Mm -hmm. But absolutely. If you don't know where that shot impacted, um, I back everything. I mean, not that it matters, not that anybody, anybody, let alone you guys give a shit what I think, but I, it, I, I back the, the play a hundred percent. I, I would have gotten out and then, you know, paced around my house and probably drank too much and not been able to sleep and and, yeah. and all of those things i can say that honestly because i'm standing here looking at the, the, the those are the horns sitting in front of you guys right yeah this and, one right here yeah so um, i'd have, i mean i'd have gone somewhere else and acted like i was blood trailing a deer just because it would have drove me <laughs> nuts just hit at the house or something well, but 100 100 percent. what what you said here was the was the right play you know again do you wait six hours and put headlamps on uh, whatever but you you made the right play and 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 you know as you said it was part of the discussion that that that, that, that meat's going to be fine in mm -hmm. the in, in the yep. in the morning at 14 degrees right it's gonna you know you risk some some adverse taste sitting on guts for that long but you don't risk spoiling meat at 14 degrees for for that that amount of time frame so i'm i, I would have done the exact same thing so far mm -hmm. yep and i i went to bed because i i talked to you twice i talked to you after the shot and it was daylight when he called me so i'm like i answered the phone because i knew the game plan right like i was in the loop and all this austin calls me and i look out the window and i'm with all my kiddos you know and i'm like it's daylight and you're calling me what's going on and you know then those are the the phone conversations we love during this time of year so then you know i followed up with austin kind of like a, a wellness check if you will hey man how you doing what, what's your mindset and i you know i know what he's going through i've done this situation before i've been through it so when i went to sleep i'm like man i can't imagine how he's feeling because we care. Well, and I was you know? up, I was up the night before. Like when I got a trail camera picture of this deer the night before, I'd been waiting on that picture for thirty days for this deer. Like I, this was the deer I was waiting on. So, I slept maybe four or five hours the night before I shot him, and then I slept three or four the night that I shot him. So I was running on fumes, you know. But that's just how it goes when you're chasing big deer like this. So how far from the shot? How far from the shot do we end up finding the deer? About 150 yards. Yep. And like yes. I said, about 50 of it was downhill. And when you woke up to the deer, what happens? Well, I could see from 100 yards away, I could see red, and I knew immediately what had happened. Um, when we walk up on this thing, 
I've had to leave some whitetails overnight and I've lost one big buck to coyotes um, prior to this one. And they worked him over pretty good, but this deer was totally destroyed. Um, they, they ate all the meat in between the ribs. Um, the cape was destroyed. Uh, there literally wasn't any salvageable meat left on the deer. They chewed his nose off and his ear off, which that's something I've never seen in any pictures. I found deadheads during shed season from when it's been cold that haven't had that happen. So that's why I was shocked. Yeah, they totally destroyed this animal. So a lot of people are thinking, okay, cool story. What the hell, Robbie? You've got these guys on. They're just telling you you've never had a hunting story on because that's not what we do at Blood Origins. Right. We don't talk about hunting stories. And um, you're like, what, what, what gives here, Robbie? Well, what gives is this, is that Austin decided that he was going to take a photograph and put it on social media, essentially a grip and grin of the animal itself. Now, the photo I saw, and before I get Austin and, and, and Kurt to, to give us some just some context here, I want to ask Cody a question. Um, the photo I saw, you were not smiling in it. Um, I've, I've heard that there is a photo of you smiling. Is that true or not true? That's true. Okay. Um, out of the hundred photos, there was one of him smiling. <laughs> and, and honestly, you know, yes, you're going to be smiling because you found the animal for the majority. That makes sense. 99% of it, you would be like, damn it. I can't believe that well, happened. Ethical yeah. death, you know? Yeah. And, we'll, we'll talk about that. Yeah. The, right. the most important thing to me in the recovery of this animal was, did that deer suffer? Like how long did it take for that deer to expire? Right. Um, a, as an ethical bow hunter, the, the biggest thing on your mind is how quick and clean was that kill? So when I was laying awake at night, yeah, I was worried about recovering the deer, but I was worried about if that deer was still alive. And when we got on that blood trail that morning and I saw that blood, it was like immediate relief. Like a smile just came over my face. Like I know that deer was dead on his feet. That deer I, I was honestly surprised after looking at the blood trail, after we got 50 yards in, I was surprised that deer made it 150 yards. Perfect. So Cody, let me ask this question. If you were in the situation with Austin, would you have posted a picture of you grip and grinning with an animal that was clean eaten by Cody's? Um, I don't post grip and grins period and it's not some uh higher ethical like it's not some uh, the reason is i just don't have the fucking patience with people like i like it's not like i'm i'm uh opposed to it or um let's you know, say I, let's, you know, for the argument's sake yes that you do typically post trophy pictures would you have having the coyotes them? having eaten it up would not have affected my decision making um it wouldn't have it wouldn't have uh if i was a grip and grin guy which again i, I want to state that that's not like uh some i'm not standing on a pedestal like i'm not a grip and grin guy i just don't want to deal with the jackasses i don't have the patience for the people commenting back right i i, I, I don't judge, i don't judge at all if i was a grip and grin guy um i don't think that that the coyotes would have affected it i mean it's like the most natural thing ever it would have been way worse if if uh a poacher had found it and cut his head off 
like right like the most natural mm-hmm. thing possible happened here mm-hmm. right like literally even more natural than austin finding the deer the most natural thing the the mother yeah. nature got involved tooth thing and um, claw yeah and well, now you know there's so many stupid variables right like for me um i never made a judgment i've, I've seen the picture and I, and I never made a job. I've seen the smile picture, right? And I I think we live in this shit world where people make this judgment off of one snapshot, which is literally one sixteenth of a second in, in Austin's life, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I didn't make a judgment. And right now is when I'm making the judgment, right? Because I heard the story, right? I, I heard what happened. I heard that in, in all in all, you know, Austin uh, Austin realized where the shot was, but still, I mean, the distance of the shot, you know, he was aware of, of how far the shot was. He still made a good shot. The deer went 150 yards, which honestly, for anyone listening that doesn't really know, that dead that deer was dead in its brain way, like two seconds, three seconds after the arrow hit, right? If, if it went 150 yards, on a on a, a you know at a true explosion from a good shot, that deer was died the most merciful death that could have possibly died. Um, I think Austin did the right thing by pulling out because even when you make that good shot, if you go directly to it, adrenaline is a powerful thing even in wild animals. He could have increased the suffering of that deer. Um, you know whether whether he lost the deer to the neighbor is somewhat honestly irrelevant to the story he did the right thing for that deer's body to shut down and the thing to be over with um i don't like it's all speculation for me you know like if if you ran it through the filter i don't really see I, i believe in in the in the dr kroger filter of does this hurt hunting um I don't think it. I don't think this hurts hunting if people actually understand it. I think that it's a shit deal. I think that it's, you know, and it's an easy thing to snap back at, right? Like if I if I didn't learn the whole story, it'd be really easy to attack Austin right now. Like, oh, it's a graphic picture. Yeah, no, no, but you know, everybody loves the nature is metal Instagram account, right? Yeah, and I mean. It's it's the it's the gnarliest shit ever, but it's nature, and this was nature, right? It, it, it was nature. Um, I think it's an unfortunate thing, you know. Honestly, I wish I wish that Austin and Kurt were eating backstraps off this deer right now while we were Amen. talking uh, so about it. Um, but but uh, when you, when when I run it through the filter, the the the. Can we trademark it? The trademark blood origins filter of does this help or hurt hunting? Um, I don't see how it hurts if you understand the story. If you make this assumption that Austin took a 110-yard shot and winged it in its back leg and it got run down four days later by coyotes and he didn't give a shit and found it two weeks afterwards, well, yeah, Austin's an asshole then, right? I mean, it's, and then he's a... Then he's like an amplified asshole for posting it, right? Exactly. Like a worse yeah. asshole than he was. But 
knowing this story, um, but, and I, I, I listen to your guys' podcast. There's, there's just no doubt in my mind that I'd like to hunt with you, right? Like, like your hunters. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, much appreciated, and, man. And like originally, my thought process was, well, shit like this happens, but nothing even happened. You did it right. Well, that's the frustrating part. We did everything in our power the right way. And in the end, Mother Nature won. Um, it's unfortunate the way it happens. We never want to see it happen, but it's the, it's the real side of bow hunting. Here's the real obstacle is, and I'll tell you right now, I'm a flip-flopper, right? Like this is, I'm a pretty convicted guy. Like I have convictions, like I know what I believe, but this whole shit that everyone's talking about with us right now, where we had Matt Ranella on um, and he was, you know, not, not, it was just full blown against social media and hunting. And I, I can tell you right now, like if you wait 15 minutes from now, I'll probably 98% agree with Matt Ranella. Right. And then 15 minutes later, I'll be like, nah, he went too far. And then I'll be like, ah, but he's right. And then, you know, I'm, I, I don't flip flop on a lot of things. Um, but one thing that he said to me that stuck is if you're going to post hunting stuff, post it all, post the truth, post when it goes shitty, post when you screw up, you know, post that that deer winded you 30 days ago and kind of screwed up your entire damn, you know, 30 days you're sitting staring at the cell phone waiting for the next pig to come through. Um, and you know, I don't know on, on Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Sundays, I agree with them a hundred percent. And then on Mondays, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Saturdays, I'm like, ah, eh, there's some stuff we shouldn't post. I don't know. I don't know. But listening to you talk for the last 28 minutes, Austin, my thought process is you're, you're, you're a hunter and you did everything right and shit still went wrong, which that's kind of the name of the game, right? It's mm -hmm. I quit golf because I felt like I was doing everything right and everything still went wrong. And so I thought the only thing I need in my life where I can do everything right and still look like a jackass is hunting and fly fishing. And so those are the only two things I do where I go out and do everything right and still come home looking like an idiot. Um, also, let me ask you a question. Did okay. you, when, when you were thinking about taking a grip and grin with the, with the buck, who was there with you? Uh, on the recovery, my good friend, Ross Bigger, my brother, and uh, a good friend, Jordan, was, they were all on the recovery with me. And when they took, when, when the photos started being taken, did anyone in your party say, I don't think we should be posting this. Absolutely not because they're all bow hunters. They it's, I'm not going to say it's common, but it's, we've all walked up on deer, uh, that, that the coyotes have gotten to. I mean, it's, it's just part of the game. If you bow hunt long enough, you're going to walk up on a deer like this. Um, now that being said though, Austin, like, I think where it gets to the point is like, I run pretty much all of working class bow hunter social media. Okay. We had the conversation. It was like, what photo do you want to post? That sucks. You know, like, what do we do? The deer was in such bad condition. We really didn't have anyone that we could, like, we, I mean, in hindsight, we could have used Photoshop, 
but there yeah. weren't any like clean pictures of the deer. He was just so right. destroyed. We didn't really have many options there. This is a conversation. Or, or you could have, and you didn't. Yep. To, so we, to Cody's point, you could have taken a shot of an angle, you know, one of those super cinematography type photos where all you see is antler spread and you're behind it, blurred out and smiling. You could have taken that photo. Well, here's the conversation we had. Go ahead. And and this is going to answer your question, I think. Because I thought, I was like, well, what do you want to do? Because the the hunt, the harvest, everything about it was fair, legal, all that. And that was in question in a lot of the comments, which is bullshit, um, I say. And I just think it's a it's too aggressive to attack Austin on that because it's fucking bullshit. But um, what we talked about was it's we get it's an aggressive look, but also what what happened was from the hunting community, which is all that solid. I mean, it could have gone further, and that's a conversation I'm sure we'll get to. Um, okay, what happens when we blur the photo out or we cut the head off and we do a skullcap photo of Austin? Austin, known through our platform as a big buck killer. We talk about Austin's skill set. We talk about us trying to hunt um, mature deer ethically. First thing they think is there's foul play in that situation. You poached that deer. Why didn't you have a photo on that? Oh, the coyotes got it. That's bullshit. It's the same thing that we saw in the comments. So we wanted to show this is what happened. We're being honest about it. Here's the story. Because at Working Class Bowhunter, all we've ever been is straight up, this is who we are. This is what happened. And people love us for it. That's, That's what we're known for is transparency. Transparency is what we're known for. That's why we have, um, th- I always say we have the following of a punk band. Not everybody knows us, but the guys that follow us believe in us because we're always just being straight up with them. And, you know, I don't really consider us mainstream, but our following is with us because there are people. So that that was that's that's what we do we're honest about it so and we've called out poachers we've done we've called out all the bad people all that stuff in our past but anyway go ahead so that brings up my next question which is this when you were thinking about posting let me ask there's two a two-part question when you were thinking about posting were you were you concerned about what the hunting community was going to say it was, no, I would say no. it was never even a question for me. I just assumed that most bow hunters had that been familiar with this situation. You know, they would sympathize if anything. Um, I, I think a lot of the people that were commenting are probably just hunters that haven't logged enough hours in the timber. They just haven't had this, this guys, situation happen. Or guys who have lied about some of the situations they've been in and tried to like structure themselves in a different, um, higher light. But we, we thought that it would be because it wasn't like, here's the photo and no caption, you know, Austin explained the photo. And I feel like a lot of people ex- explained, you know, in the caption, what was going on with the photo, right. this is the scenario. And I think a lot of people overlooked all of that, which of course is, uh, you know, right in line with what happens in the media, overlooked all of that and saw his smile. And that's, that was the main issue. They had an issue with him smiling. People were saying it was an unsuccessful hunt. You shouldn't be happy about that. And then what we did was we left the photo up for the majority of the day. And and to be honest with you, like I consider all the guys on working class bow hunter, top tier, honest, just red blooded Americans. And uh, I'm proud of the crew that we, that we've assembled. So when Austin's like, Hey, this is the photo I want to post. Here's my caption. I'm like, cool, man. It's your story to tell. It's our platform. We all built together. I'll post it. And after a full day of that photo being out, 
And I'd say 80% of the comments were positive. Right. Like, man, that sucks. I, I can tell, I know you're bummed. And, but the, the, the haters scream a little louder. They always right. do. And we all always know that. Do. Yep. And so what we did was we had a, a Zoom meeting that night anyway for something else uh, business-wise for the podcast. And then it kind of turned – the second half of it turned into a, man, this is – we should probably do something about this. Like it's it's getting um, a little more sour reaction than what we're used to. And and a lot of that is um, – Austin, you talked about it in the podcast we did, um, episode 486. You're like, man, we're used to being kind of like – the country boys from rural Illinois were nowhere near a city. And all of a sudden this, our podcast has kind of grown to a point where now people see us, right? We're not used to it. And, you know, we take responsibility for that. Maybe our bad, maybe a little graphic for for people who aren't used to it. I think we, I think we learned a lot through this whole deal. I mean, if this situation ever comes up again, I don't think we'll be posting any grip and grins over a, over a carcass that looks like that. Um, well, I guess that was my. Well, I guess on, here we that's go. my question, and I know Cody has an opinion about that. So we'll let Cody have his opinion, and then I'll, I'll ask the question I was asking. Go ahead. Oh, <laughs> uh, why not? Well, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, all about, I'm all about telling the truth, but honestly, it's not worth the stress that it put me through. Was that worth the drama? Okay, so my second half of that question that I never got to was: Were you thinking about? the non-hunting audience no they're not a concern to me not a great why not time. why not i don't really care i mean you're not going to win that conversation right <laughs> well you are like, in the non-hunting space not in the anti-hunting so space. hold on let's break it down okay, well that's a, that's a valid point you're 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 dealing with their terminology we use terminology at blood origins very frequently of putting the world in three groups hunters anti-hunters and non-hunters okay, okay that's and, and, and so robbie's referring to the group of people that live over in suburban chicago and they don't they're not against you taking whitetails they just literally never think about it that's yeah. the non that's the group he's referring to and, and so when and we somebody, ask that question so go ahead austin sorry yeah if somebody in. that's a non-hunter would have seen that picture that would have been an immediate red flag like why would he do that to that deer um and and I can see why that's a bad look now. Like in hindsight, that that picture was very graphic. Probably not the best one to post for people that just don't understand uh, what we do. Mm-hmm. So, and we talked about that in your episode. Like we're aware of that. Yep. But at the time, you know, we just thought it was we were being transparent. And, and then also in the sure. description, you know, we talked about it. So transparency and honesty to us is a great quality, and it just didn't go over that well. No, it's a fantastic quality, and I think if if I had to if I had to poke one critique and you've already addressed it is your transparency is your strength. Mm-hmm. So use more of it. And if, mm-hmm. if, again, if I was in your shoes and again, I, this is all hindsight this is all 2020, but if you, if you gave the story that you started with, you know, that you've got blood, you've got the arrow, you've got all those imagery tied in. That's almost just like, it's almost a build up to that image and the context to it. Yeah, you may still have a lot of haters, but someone who is intelligent, someone who can look at things, someone who can sort of put together a story, you, would, you wouldn't have to convince that individual anymore because that individual puts A plus B plus C plus D together and, oh, that's why the picture is the way mm-hmm. that it is. Yeah, I feel like a lot of haters don't think 
logically. Well, another one, another saying that we're going to trademark at, at Blood Origins is the thing that is going to save hunting is thinking. Yeah. Yeah, but people don't think, man. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. You know, anti-hunters don't think because they've kind of just blocked out the reality of, of what is the circle of life. 100%. You know, it sucks, nope. but it's just, I mean, we could try our best. And of course, this didn't help. But, um, but, but what they would have done anyway, even though Austin broke down what happened them in the description, they would have took the photo, which is where the problem with a lot of people is, is what I'm going to break down. They would have took that photo, deleted the context and said, look at this MF right here, this cruel, whatever. And then, and, and I get, that's the problem. I, I get all that, but you know, what, what do you do? It's uh, we, we, we learned a lot from it, and honestly, I think it turned around into, into be a positive. Oh, in, in the end, I mean, the amount of messages and support that I've got about this whole situation, it's just, I was obviously upset when I found the deer in that condition, but it really was a blessing to have the support that I've had from the outdoor community. I mean, the people that are true bow hunters reached out, and I'm still checking messages. I'll have messages when we get done with this podcast. I mean, it's been insane. So thank you to everybody. Man, that's that why, that, uh, I'm sorry to interrupt, but th that's why like I've, I've had your, I, I've, I'm right behind you or beside you on everything you've said so far, except I think you created a conversation, man. And I said this exact same thing. I don't know if you guys have listened to, like three, three or four weeks ago, we had Matt Ranella on our podcast, right? And you want to talk about firing people up, right? Your pictures got shit on the things Matt Ranella said to fire the world up about thoughts. And I, I, I disagreed with him. I haven't disagreed with anything you've said so far, except for I definitely wouldn't have posted it again because I think, I think. Here's the thing, right? Old man diatribe. I got a dollar says I'm the oldest man on this podcast. Old man diatribe. I think we've got to have these conversations, right? We've got to have these conversations. And I don't think that you had any concept of I'm going to post this picture and it's going to create this great conversation with some backlash, but it's worth it. Like that shit didn't all go through your head. You're like, holy no. crap, I shot this deer and the coyotes got it overnight. And But I don't want you to not post the truth again, right? And I, yeah. again, I'm just a dude sitting in Colorado. It's got no say on anything. But what I want, my personal preference is that if it happens again, you post the picture again. Because you created a conversation. This is, um, you know, they talked about you on uh, Kafaru cast, right? Mm -hmm. I, I don't know that they mentioned names, but it was a topic there. Positive. Yeah, they didn't mention names, but we heard it. But positive. It, 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 some of it, some of it wasn't. Some of those people weren't standing behind you or beside you. They were standing in front of you, telling you you were wrong, right? But I think the vast majority of the really, really stupid posts, right? Like hopefully neither one of you have ever gotten naked for your grip and grin, right? Like those are the ones that are dumb, right? Or put it, have yet. put it, well, 
hold off as long as you possibly can. <laughs> or the the three ducks in the three ducks with their bills in your mouth. You know, yeah, we like, would never disrespect the animal like that. Yeah, that's, right. I, that's, and to, that to me, sense. to me, this photo wasn't disrespectful to the animal. This photo was was showing was reality. what happened to this animal. And I was, I mean. Here's I pay the, my respects to this deer. Like this, this deer has consumed my life for the last year. So the pro, uh, one of the problems people had with this was that I was smiling in the picture, and I mean, I'm just kind of bringing this on myself. But I recovered that deer. It was an ethical shot and kill. I mean, all the pieces of the puzzle fit together. Other than the coyotes got this deer. You know, I was the one that was robbed at the end of this thing. So I have the right to smile when I walk up on a deer like this. In my opinion. I think that the vast majority of people that post the really shitty ones, I'm, I'm talking about for some reason the jackasses that think they need to strip down and post naked behind on their grip and grin or put a duck bill in their mouth. This is what I truly think. I really do think that they're just not thinking. Right? Yeah. I, th yeah. I think I think 85%, 90% of them are good guys, probably good hunters, and it's not even remotely close to the stupidest thing I did when I was 18, 19, 20 years old, right? That's, it's not. I, I did some really dumb shit. Fortunately, 30 years ago, there was no Instagram. But I think that we, we've got to keep talking about this. We've got, and um, I, I think that you posted a circumstance here. I think that Matt Ranella, three and a half weeks ago on our podcast, threw some just freaking dumped kerosene on the logs before he threw the match on it, right? Like in a crazy way, but we're talking about it. And mm -hmm. I, I think that there's a group of kids out there. And by kids, I just mean young hunters. They, they may be 60 years old, but they're, you know, probably not. Good God. I hope a 60 year old doesn't ever get naked behind his deer, but there, there's, we're not having this conversation. We're not talking about what's right and what's wrong and what's ethical and what's not enough. We, we are having the conversation. We're not having it enough. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm a, I'm a huge, if, if you'd been, I'm not calling, I'm not saying anyone's situation was different, but in my house with my dad, you just told the truth, mm -hmm. right? You just, you just told the truth. And sometimes it went really freaking bad. Mm -hmm. When you admitted what you'd done, but it didn't go near as bad as, as discovering that you didn't tell the truth. And that's a part of, of Ranella's statement that I think most days or most hours, Matt Ranella's statement that I agree with, that if you're going to post, post everything because you don't, that deer that I'm looking at sitting in front of you guys right now, you don't just start following some hunters on Instagram and then jump in a stand tomorrow morning and stick that sucker, right? If you do, you should go buy lottery tickets right after you let the arrow fly, right? Because you're the luckiest mm -hmm. fool that ever sat in a tree stand. And I that that's the only part that I want to counter with what you guys said, in my opinion, is if, if it happens next year, man, post it because it's mm -hmm. real. It's what happens. All the work you put in. And Mother Nature still jabbed your ass a little bit after you made a great shot on your deer, right? Mother Nature's like, look, I still got this. This is still my, this is still my little 160 acre piece of woods right here, Austin. Don't don't Amen. screw with me, right? Yep. Amen. It's um, 
I, I would tend to agree with Cody. I don't tend to agree with Cody very often. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you do. Um, it's he's overeducated. Too much school make you stupid. <laughs> I agree with that, Cody. I got six and a half weeks of junior college, man. I'm a genius. I am one of the smartest <laughs> fools you've ever met. And, and I have hand and, tattoos, so what is that? Where's that put me? <laughs> right, right. I haven't. I I went to a little bit of college, so I didn't get hand tattoos. That's just crazy. <laughs> this is what I would say. I think the best thing that's come out of this is that you have, in hindsight, thought more. You've thought more about what will happen the next time. Mm-hmm. How will I react the next time? Maybe even better is that you will be thinking about how the community that sees you will be thinking the next time. Now, the question is, will you do the same thing, right? That is the question at the end of the day. I don't think you'll do exactly the same thing. I think you may post the same picture, but there may be a bigger lead up to it. There may be a better story to it. There may be a little bit of a a lead out from it in which you're building this narrative of the story behind it. And to Cody's point about we should post everything, we should that I'm totally against that. And there is a gradient there. There's a gradient of, and and Cody couched it pretty good. There's a a cutoff of like, this side of the cutoff is really, really stupid stuff that's nasty, that doesn't, that's nature is metal kind of deal that doesn't belong on social media. For sure. There's on this side of the gradient though, there are things that happen in hunting that are truthful, that are not, 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 untasteful i guess untasteful is, the, is i don't think it's actually a word um i don't think thoughts? it is either. well and i don't know if this is gonna i don't want to bring us back into the conversation because i feel like we're out of that conversation but a point i do want to make is what what was shown i think what was the most disturbing part of the photo was that the coyotes had got to the nose and the ear of the deer the raw ribs is a thing you see at the grocery store for crying out loud, like how many people from September 1st into October post pictures of elk being quartered out on the mountain where you can see the carcass of the elk and quarters on their back and exposed gut piles and stuff like that. And nobody says anything. But Mm -hmm. when Austin shows a picture of a deer that got naturally eating, eaten by coyotes, there was no guts. There wasn't even any rib meat. Well, and honestly, I mean, let's all be honest here. It was a big deal because it was a tremendous deer. If this would have been a six-pointer, it wouldn't have got the publicity that it got. So we all know why the picture blew up the way it did. If it was a six-point, if it was a six-point, would you have posted the picture? Well, I wouldn't shoot. I wouldn't shoot a six-pointer. But if I had, yeah, I would. Okay. Here's the. Here I'm gonna. I'm not disagreeing with anything you just said, Austin. I think you're spot on. I'm going to go disagree with Robbie's last statement a little bit. I love this podcast. <laughs> that I don't. If you do it here, here's a statement that I need to say out loud. And then I need everyone to pause for like two seconds after I stay out loud. First of all, I need to clarify. My wife brought me a smoked bullet old fashioned because Ooh. she heard you guys talking about a Ooh, bullet old fashioned. Even. Shout out to your old and lady. Yeah, yeah, greatest wife in the world. Hey, Here cheers, we go. Man. And it's going down good, like real good. So get ready <laughs> for some tell. wise we shit can, we, come out of my mouth. We can tell it's going down well. Right. Well, I got I got started early too. So <laughs> here's a statement I think I want to make, but I need to hear it out loud. 
if you're gonna if 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 you're gonna do it, post it. If you're gonna do it, post it. Because it's not that you shouldn't post the duck bills in your mouth. It's not. It's that you shouldn't do it. It's that you shouldn't do it. That's the problem we're not dealing with, not with Austin's social media post. It's with all these other social media posts. If you're going to do it, tell us what an asshole you are. Yeah, if you're dumb enough to put duck bills in your mouth, go ahead and put a picture of it online. Right, and I I get Robbie's going to come back, and he's right with that hurts hunting, and it does. But we need to know you're an asshole if you're going to if if you're if you're going to the the question is not should I post me stripped naked in a grip and grin laying behind my deer? It's should your dumbass do it in the first place? That's the point that I don't think we're really, really dealing with. And it's the point that drove Matt Ranella to say, no grip and grins on social media. I don't think the dude even actually meant that. I think if he'd have thought through what he said before, he would have been, stop killing animals for the sake of attention, right? Mm -hmm. Stop killing animals for the sake of you being famous. Stop killing animals with the same motivation that Kim Kardashian has on Facebook and Instagram. There's no, she's not, she's not living this life and sharing it. She's living a life so she can be famous on Instagram. Right. And there's Mm -hmm. a lot of people. And, you know, I mean, if I want to get a whole bunch of people to pay attention to me, I could have stripped naked and had my fat ass laying behind the mule deer I shot this year. Right. I mean, famous with that kind of photo. Well, I would have got famous. It just wouldn't have been positive fame, right? <laughs> like there'd have been, damn, that's a lot of good coal fat there on me. Um, but, but that's, I'm not wording it correctly. I get what you're saying. I don't want, I don't want guys to stop posting pictures of the duck bill in their mouth. I want guys to stop putting the damn duck bill in their mouth. Right? Like that's what I want. I like your point. I mean, that's that's to the root of it, right? Right there. Yeah, I I I you don't do it, you can't post it. I feel like the old fashioned's talking and I'm not wording it well. It, It that it's so much not about you shouldn't post an untasteful picture or a disrespectful picture of an animal you just harvested it's so you shouldn't do that disrespecting in the first damn place that's right my point. Yep. yeah agreed robbie's still pissed at me for saying you should post whatever you do because i and it was an exaggeration I, I exaggerated for effect okay i exaggerated for the sake of present of demonstration you, it, it, if you're going to put duck bills in your mouth, don't post the damn thing. But the real point is quit putting the damn duck bills in your mouth. Quit doing stupid shit that disrespects the animal that Mother Nature or God or whatever entity you choose to believe in allows us as Americans to go hunt because you're fucking it up for the rest of us. Mm-hmm. But hold on. I'm not done. I know Robbie wants me to. He wants me to be done. But <laughs> I can't. We can't hear Robbie. I mean, he must be muted. Yeah, I wish I had the power. If I had the power, I'd mute him for a while. The the coyotes eating that animal within a 12, 16-hour period of you dispatching it humanely is not you disrespecting the animal. It's not. 
you did the right thing, Austin, and uh, screw him. Post it again. That's my. You, have you guys seen Legends Jeepers of the Fall? Creepers. Screw him. Oh, post him again. Jeez, I'm that's serious. The bullet I'm talking right there. Austin didn't. No, it's not really. It's not. I, I. I don't know if I'd be talking this loudly, but it's not the bullet talking. It's the. It's he didn't do anything wrong. And the hunting community is going after him. Why aren't you going after the dude that got naked and straddled the spike that he shot? Why, why aren't good, we? Why aren't we going after that dude? Our good friend, our good friend uh, Clint Casper, brought this point up on his story. But yeah, it's a very solid point to make, and I appreciate the support and appreciate the support of everybody that reached out through this whole thing. No, look, we um, again, we just appreciate the opportunity to have you guys on this podcast. Uh, I apologize for Cody taking taking the, the, the captain's chair and, and directing it. the conversation, but it, he certainly has some very good points and he thinks through things uh, a lot, which adds to to the conversation. Um, Here's my last point, Robbie. Do I do I do I need to go to Illinois to help thin coyotes because I can't kill yes. a coyote or two? You've Come got an out, open man. invitation, okay. man. We're gonna okay, have a coyote kill him killing gathering here because it just needs to be done so come on out we'll make a bold old-fashioned we'll go chase some coyotes around well let's just be careful about what we post post the coyote killing fest okay? <laughs> no no let's be careful about respecting the animals while we're there and then we don't have to worry about what gets posted exactly. well said well said i'm i'm a big fan of the sort of attack uh going after the action versus the mm-hmm. A consequence in this fo- in this instance, which is the which is the photo on social media. Yeah, but uh, Austin Kurt, um, thank you guys. Uh, thank you for the conversation. Um, any last words from you two? Thanks for having us on, guys. That was a blast. Yeah, thank you so much, man. It was uh, it was cool to be on this. I hope soon we can get you guys on our podcast. Hope it'd be cool to do it in person here at our studio, um, and. I, I got to give you a warning. I think Cody might be a long lost host of working class bow hunter somewhere. <laughs> He's our hey, I'm going to come out. I'm going to come out and shoot some coyotes. We might as well do a podcast while I'm there. Let's, Let's do, do it. it. Yeah. All day, all day. What are you, you thinking tomorrow? Come on out, brother. We'll my schedule's it. open. I'm a farmer. It's winter time. Let's go. I got a, we'll I got a bad look for my wife. I got a bad look for my wife. We're going to have to schedule it. It won't be tomorrow, but I'll be there soon. Real soon. As the bird dog, blackberry whiskey bottle, drops lower and lower and lower cody becomes more of the working class bow hunter as he gets <laughs> higher and higher and higher that's our people wait that's did you just call our guests drunks is that what you just did no i called you a drunk oh all right i thought you but all right whatever <laughs> he's he's a modern gentleman i appreciate that's correct it. that's correct thanks boys much appreciate you thank you well that's it for today i appreciate you listening as always Leave a review, share it with your friends, and most importantly, do what's right to convey the truth around hunting.